Thank you for tuning in to For the Christian Culture, a podcast centered on Christian living, mind, body, and soul. Good morning, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you're listening to this podcast. I just hope that you have enjoyed your day or that your day is blessed. I am so excited to be here with you all today. It has been a few weeks since the last posting, but I wanted to make sure every single time that I come to you that the content is exactly how it needs to be exactly uh, in the right mind frame in the right spirit and most importantly that it's ordained by God the message that is released Mm. Um, so this message today we will be talking about the soul and how we can ensure that our soul is in alignment with what God would have for us. So we're going to hop right into a prayer, and then we're going to get started with this message. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for just everything that has transpired in our lives, God, good and bad. Thank you for just your presence right now, God, and for just showing us that you are here with us. Right now, we're just coming to you, Father, and we are just asking, Lord, that you would just see our heart, that you would just see our soul, see deep into our heart and deep into our soul, God. And first of all, forgive us for not following every single step of your will. Forgive us, God, for not having faith in what you have told us, what you have shown us, and what you have put deep down in our heart. Right now, Lord Jesus, as we repent before you, we just come to you and we just ask that you just allow the Holy Spirit to act as an intercessor for you. That you just place the purpose that you have for us deep in our hearts, God, and keep it at our forefront. Keep our mind focused on you. Remove self from anything, God, that is not pleasing to you. And just remove self in general, Lord, so that we don't come from a place of fleshly desires or carnal desires, but we come from a place of spiritual, a, a spiritual gratitude. Mm. Just knowing, Lord, that it's only you. It's all for you, it's all through you, it's all by you. And that we are nothing but a mere vessel that is even unworthy to receive the blessings that you have put deep down inside of us. 
But we thank you for grace, God. We thank you for mercy. We thank you for seeing deep in us where we can't even see ourselves. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for just being a mighty God, an ever-present God, and a God who just sees the end result, the end goal, and that you keep pulling our strings, Father, just helping us to just follow your will, God. We are your puppet, Lord Jesus. We are your, we are at your disposal, and we want to be time and time again, Lord. So when you see us going off track, when you see us on a path that is not pleasing to you, redirect our steps. Speak to us. Show us what you have for us, God. We just ask, God, that you connect our soul with your spirit. Renew our mind, renew our body, renew our hearts, Lord Jesus, so that we may have a purified spirit and that our soul is only for the edification of you, Jesus. This we ask in your mighty name. Thank you, Lord God. Amen. So today, I wanted to bring a word to you all. And this is something that has been on my heart for quite some time. And I thank God for uh, the Bible app and technology and how we're able to use it to stay in line with him. One thing about our soul is that it's encased in flesh. It's encased in a body that is of sinful nature. Our soul is what keeps us alive and what keeps us connected to the Holy Spirit and what God has placed deep inside of us so that our spiritual connection to him is constant and it's what keeps us alive and with us being in a body that is of carnal nature we constantly strive to move in the way that God wants us to and at times that makes us feel as though we are something bad trying to do good. But that's because we're looking at things from the outside. And we need to start looking inside and knowing that we are we are good and we are perfect in God's sight. But in that, we tend to act in ways of the flesh. And 
specifically, we give in to some of the things that are not of God. We tend to allow offense to set in. And with that comes pride and ego. And recently I have just been seeing a lot more of God working in me. And it seems as though the attacks are getting much more intense and much more frequent. But that's how I know that I'm on the right path. That's how I know that God is working in and on me because it requires me to be more present with him. It requires me to seek him more and it requires me to let go of that carnal nature. So what I've recently had to do is I've started a Bible devotional and it's called Unoffendable. And whenever I saw it, I was like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, let's, let's do this. But little did I know that this message and that this devotional was going to convict me so strong that... It made me be offended by the word of God. I'm just asking that God just release anything right now that's keeping me from speaking in the spirit. Anything that's holding me back from being... uh, being the vessel that God has for me. Whew. Thank you, Father. For the Holy Spirit right now. So with this, I actually had to find myself diving into the word a lot more. Just not trying to be offended. Not walking in ego, but walking in love. And it's a lot harder than what it sounds like, I'll tell you that. But with that daily sacrifice, almost constant um, reliance on God... And his word, because that's what keeps us, and knowing that it's deep in our heart. So what I came across was Matthew 25, verse 14. And um, a lot of the times whenever we are offended, it's because we're looking at things from our view of someone else. And we start to own this sense of entitlement. And we immediately hop into our defense mechanism of pettiness, sarcasm, and judgment. 
And a lot of the times, we're seeing things from how we think that it should be. But granted, we know that we are not perfect. And we start to place expectations on people whenever we don't even know who we are. So how can we expect someone to be who we want them to be in our eyes? A lot of the times also, too, we look at other people's situation and we become envious of what they are, of what's going on, what they have, what they are, um, who likes them, who doesn't. And we start to look at ourselves and play the victim role. But in Matthew 25, it really resonated with me because it talked about how God gives each and every person a different ability and a different uh, um, a different skill set that is tailored to them. Mm. And it makes me question, okay, God, why? Why would you give something to someone else when they don't deserve it? Or I can do better? Or I deserve better? And I'm just being honest right now. A lot of the times we get in our head and we want to know, God, when is it going to be my turn? When are you going to take this cup from me? Hmm. Why do I have to be that person who deals with this? Why do I have to be the one alone? Why do I have to be the one separated from everyone else? Why do I have to be the one who is constantly targeted and always has the short end of the stick? But that's whenever the scripture led me, or the spirit led me to the scripture. Matthew 25, it states, uh, 25 and the 14th verse states, Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his own ability. Then he went on his journey. So many times we look at our neighbor, we look at our peer, we look at our spouse, we look at our best friend, we look at our family members and we wonder, why them and not me? What what don't I possess that's keeping me from this? Or what did I do that shows me that I'm unworthy of this. And we start to allow comparison to be the way that 
we determine our worth and our value. But that's when we have to do a soul check. We have to look at ourselves deep inside and say, God, first of all, you love me. If no one else, if I can't think of anyone else, I know first of all, first and foremost, you love me. That's the most important thing right there. But during this soul check, we also have to understand that God gives each and every one of us a cross to bear. But he also gives each and every one of us blessings that are tailored just for what he sees in us and not for the right now, but what he sees down the line, what he sees that we need in order to move. Thank you, God. What he sees that we need to move into the next level of what is required of us. So, yes, your neighbor may win a lottery of $250 million. And you like, okay, now, this person don't go to church. This person don't know the book of Genesis from the book of Revelation. This person does not, is not a good steward of their money. Their house is junky. Their car is beat up. Their children are bad. They don't care about their job, but yet here I am and I, I need this. I have hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. You know, I, I'm a good steward over my money. You know, I, I go to church. I praise God. I pray. I love everyone. I try to. But why is it that this person is getting blessed? First of all, let's not hinder on the fact or let's not squander over the fact of it being uh, a lottery. Okay, But you all get the picture. A gift. But we start to determine our worth and our value based on someone else and what they have or what what has been given to them. And we like to sit in that and it becomes an offense. And every time you see that neighbor, every time you see that family member, you're the one with the attitude like, mm, you don't deserve that. First of all, who are we to judge? Who are we to say that This is not something that God is lining up for them so that they can get their lives together, so that they can hire a maid to clean up their messy house, so that they can hire a nanny to have discipline over their children, or so that they can pay for the education that their child needs to get the discipline that they need, or so that they can even be a good steward whenever they do thank God for the blessing that he has given to them. You don't know if that blessing is going to turn them to Christ or not. But we start to operate in a place of offense and a place of ego to say who that person, who deserves what. But with this, during this, by turning this mirror on ourselves and doing the a quick soul search and let me re- let me rephrase that it's not even a quick soul search because whenever you search your soul 
you are looking deep within and it is not something that you can do over a weekend. It is a constant day-to-day search and it's not anything from human perspective, but it's from a God-centered perspective, from a Jesus-centered perspective. We all know that Jesus is one who, who was an a agent, a change agent, and one who everything resided in love. And whenever we start to be like him and try to be as close as possible to him and walking in love, that offense is naturally removed from our hearts and from our minds and from our soul. So that brings us to the question, when was your last soul check? We go for a checkup with doctors and we check in with our friends and we check in with our family members. When was the last time that we checked in with ourselves, checked in with God on our soul, and specifically our heart posture? Because this is where our soul operates best whenever we come from a place of love. We know that the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whenever we operate from a place of love and in our heart it allows us to remove the offense when was the last time that you checked your soul when was the last time that love resided in your heart you know with this I I wonder God, why? Why would you make it like this to where we struggle and to where we hurt? And we We struggle and we hurt and we feel victimized by others. And this brings me to First Peter, the fourth chapter, the eighth verse. It says, above all, love each other deeply Because love covers over a multitude of sins and offer hospitality to one another without grumbling, a.k.a. without offense. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. How can we ask God for grace And thank him for his grace whenever we can't give it to our neighbors whenever they do us wrong or whenever we feel offended. Hmm. I'm speaking a word right now. And it's convicting me because I look at how many times do I operate in the place of offense. 
How many times have I said, God, mm-mm, not today. This is not what I'm feeling, and this person needs to get it together, because if not, we going to have a problem. And we take on the role of judge, jury, bailiff. And everything else. But it's in these moments that instead of us getting in our head and us wanting to take control of the situation, we need to look to God. You know, in these moments, God is ruler of all, not in these moments, but over everything. God is ruler. He is king. He reigns supreme. So why can't we give it all to him? Why can't we just say a quick prayer, give it up to him and say, you know what, God? I can't, but I know you can. And leave it alone. Why is it so hard for us to let go of the reins and not give control to God? It's because we're operating in bondage and we want to hold on to something that isn't even for us to have. It's not for us to hold. It's not even for us to. It's not even for us to operate in. I believe that during these checks of the soul. That's whenever we can understand And we can cover ourselves from a multitude of sins by coming from a place of love. The easiest thing that we can do is pray. Quickest way for resolution, not by our power and not by our might, but by his spirit. I'll just say a quick prayer. Father, I need you right now. Open my heart to you. Open my life to you and help me to operate in love. I release this onto you. It's already done. In your will, Jesus. Amen. That's it. That's all that you have to do in those moments of offense, in those moments of, dare I say, hatred, disdain, aggravation, frustration, lust, temptation, all the things that have us feeling offended and Another thing that came to mind just a second ago, thank you, Holy Spirit, is that we get mad at some of the things that we are called to. And let's just be honest, we get offended by God. God, I know you don't have me over here in this place with these people and you know that I do not 
like dealing with XYZ. You know, God, why, why would you put me over here in this place and you know that these people don't like me? God, why would you send me over here 50 miles away and you know I only got gas for 30 miles? <laughs> God, why would you have these people invite me over to their house and you know I don't eat everybody's cooking? But this is my boss and I have to go over there. God, why would you have me do work on this project and then be offended because I don't get the credit and now I got to go to somebody else and tell them about it and correct it? It's in those moments that God is looking at us and I think that he starts laughing because he's like, um, do you trust me, though? I don't care how you feel, but do you trust me? And if you trust me, then you'll do what I say. I think before he even asked that question of if we trust him, do you love me? And just as he asked Peter three times. And one thing that I love about that story is that he asked Peter, three times if he loved him. He said, Peter, do you love me? Yes. Of course I love you, guy. Okay, feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Of course I do, God. Feed my lambs. And one thing that I had to realize, I'm like, okay, well, why wouldn't he say feed my sheep? twice right right why would he say feed my sheep feed my lamb and what I took from that is that I actually had to do some research I'm like okay so what's the difference between a sheep and a lamb and the lamb is a baby pretty much um, a younger version of a sheep and so I'm like okay well so he wanted him to feed the babies and he wanted them to feed the adults. So granted, he wants us to make sure that every person is nurtured with the word of God. And that should be our purpose. That should be what we want. We should want to go out and spread the word of God and allow people to see how he has operated in our hearts and in our lives. And I think that in these moments, that soul check that I was talking about, it then requires us to say, okay, God, how can I be of service to you? How can I walk in your love? How can I not be offended, but ensure that your light is seen through me? And by asking these questions, it allows us to 
have a better understanding of what our true purpose is because we were not releasing the control and the power that we're trying to have over our own lives and we're giving that up to God and we're not feeling restrained by our own selfishness. That's whenever love is truly operative in us because we're not doing it for ourselves, we're doing it for Him. Love is not selfish. We know that it has us to be the morning. It has us to be um, kind to others. It has us not operating in offense, but operating in kindness and in gentleness. That's what God is. He's a kind God. He's a gentle and a loving God. And he never wants to force himself on us because he is a gentleman. But what he does want is for us to follow every step of his path. Every word. Mm. 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient and love is kind. How many of us have operated in a place of frustration because the person just can't get it and they have us aggravated because they're not on our time frame. Like, okay, I'm in need for you to hurry up and get it together because I don't have time to be playing with you. (laughs) We get to those moments whenever we get so aggravated and frustrated because someone is not on our time. But it says if we act in love, We are being patient and kind. Also, too, again, about that blessing, that $250 million blessing. Love does not envy, nor does it boast, or, and nor is it proud. So, I'm not going to be envious of that neighbor whenever they get that $250 million. And that neighbor should not boast or be proud about it. Like, ha ha, I got 250 mil. No, we shouldn't do that because we're not acting in a place of love. Unless you're going to provide me with a bit of that 250 mil, please don't boast or be proud about it. But what I do need for you to do is to honor God in it. Love does not dishonor others and it is not self-seeking and it is not easily angered and it keeps no record of wrongs okay so let's talk about offense real quick in offense and pettiness we are taking records of wrong okay this person then came up to me they then talked about the way I look they didn't talked about my haircut they didn't talked about the clothes that I have on They didn't talk about the way that I operate in this business. They've talked about all of this, but yet what are they over there doing? And we start to judge the other person based on the offense that we received from keeping a record of their wrongs and what they've done to us. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. Don't lie on anyone simple as that 
and don't find joy in someone else's pain. Don't find joy in the pettiness of calling somebody out or being sarcastic or feeling like you have to one-up somebody. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, and it always perseveres. I love that. But most importantly, love never fails. Morning. And that's where we have to understand that through God, all things are possible. And whenever we understand what love truly is, whenever we're able to operate in love, this is whenever we understand that God and love are simultaneous. They work essentially the same. Because love is an outward expression that we can give as humans, but its origin is from God. And this is what he wants. So that soul, that that soul check that we do, the soul that's encased by flesh, the embodiment of that soul is love because it's from God. The soul is from God. Love is from God. So whenever that outward expression through our fleshly beings can be seen and felt, that's whenever we know that, hey, I did my soul check. And according to 1 Corinthians 13th chapter, 4th verse, I'm operating in love. But again, it's not proud. It does not boast. So just because you're operating in love doesn't mean that you have to tell the whole world about it. And this is something that our generation, unfortunately, has done with social media. We've allowed it to become our forefront, our facade, to show the world what we want them to see. To show the world that, hey, I'm doing my part. You should be more like me. And that's not what it's about. We should not, love does not boast. It is not envious and it does not dishonor others. So in saying that, just know that whenever you're doing that soul check, make sure that what you're validating that with and verifying that information with is the word of God and that you're consistently praying to him and you're consistently seeking him so that you can be a better individual. We're not perfect. God knows no one is perfect. But what we can be is we can be operating in a place of love. That's all that he wants from us. So as I come to a close, I just want us to remember that God is love. He is love. He loves us. He is love. And we should strive to be more like God. In closing, I just want to pray us out for the day. Father, 
right now we just thank you for this word we thank you for allowing your word to be placed in our hearts and that it reside in our hearts lord jesus do a work in our hearts god and help us to operate from a place of love and everything that we do in our family lives and our giving in our jobs in our passions in our relationships help us to be more like you father help us to see the greatness that comes from operating in a place of love we thank you for your grace we thank you for your favor and we thank you for being ever-present, merciful, and most of all, within us, but also operating, helping us to operate in a place of love. We thank you for this, Father. Amen. I hope that y'all have an amazing day. I hope that this word has blessed you as it has definitely blessed me. And I love y'all. Y'all have a good one. Peace.